I'm John. And I'm John. We're classically trained conductors who are also working theater music directors. Each week, we'll tell you a little bit about shows we enjoy and why you should check them out if you haven't yet. This is Musical Minutes with John and John. Hello, John. Hello. Okay. (laughs) Get it out of your system now. It's week three of February flops. And you know what? We're just going to dive right in because I'm so excited. None of these jokes are going to make sense unless we dive in. This week, we are talking about Rocky Das Musical with, with a book by Thomas Meehan and Sylvester Stallone. Music by Stephen Flaherty. Lyrics by Lynn Ahrens. Based on the movie Rocky by Sylvester Stallone. Rocky Das Musical though renamed Rocky the musical opened on March 13th, 2014 at the winter garden theater and closed on August 17th of the same year after playing for 180 performances. Rocky was directed by Alex Timbers with choreography by Stephen Hoggett and Kelly Devine. Chris Fenwick served as the music director. The original cast included Andy Carl as Rocky Balboa, Margot Siebert as Adrian, Terrence Archie as Apollo Creed, Danny Mastrogorgio as Polly, and Dakin Matthews as Mickey. Rocky was nominated for four Tony Awards, not including Best Musical, and won one Best Scenic Design of a Musical for Christopher, uh, for Christopher Barreca. Before we begin... Rocky the musical is literally Rocky the movie, but as a musical, because money and concussions are swell partners. So if you've seen the movie, feel free to skip forward a few minutes for our thoughts on the show. Philadelphia, 1975. Rocky Balboa is boxing in a church basement. He wins the fight, his first steps towards proving his worth. Heavyweight champion Apollo Creed arrives in Philadelphia for a big fight. Rocky goes to the workplace of Adrian Panino to ask her out, but she turns him down. Then she sings a bad song. No, sad song. Oh. Then she I mean, sings- it is also bad. <laughs> then she sings a sad song in about the rain as she watches Rocky walk away. Rocky works as an enforcer but he's really too soft for the job. At the gym where he trains, Rocky finds his locker cleared out. His trainer, Mickey, tells him he isn't a serious enough boxer to be worth his time. Creed's match is in danger as his opponent has been injured. His camp goes about searching for a replacement fighter. We return to Adrian at Thanksgiving, and we learn that her brother Polly has set Adrian up with Rocky. Adrian is horrified, but reluctantly agrees to go skating with Rocky. Back at Rocky's apartment, the two begin to open up to each other, and after Rocky confesses that he's wanted to be with Adrian since fifth grade, the two kiss. Rocky's boss corners him as he's entering the gym, asking why he hasn't been doing his work. He tells Rocky he'll never make it as a boxer. In the gym, Mickey tells him that Creed's camp wants to meet with him. Mickey also tells Rocky that he's wasting his talent working for his thug boss. Rocky is offered the chance to fight Apollo Creed. He's nervous. He's offered a lot of money, win or lose. Ultimately, he accepts the fight. 
Act two begins. <laughs> yep, that's right. There's two acts. With just two weeks until the big fight, Mickey comes to Rocky's apartment to offer to be his manager. Mickey trains Rocky as a boxer and cautions him to slow things down with Adrian so that he doesn't get distracted from the fight. But Rocky is the happiest he's ever been with Adrian as the two decorate a Christmas tree in Rocky's apartment. Polly, remember Polly, Adrian's brother, still in the show, is generally causing shit throughout this act, including dragging the press into Rocky's life, harassing shop workers, and drunkenly barging in on Adrian and Rocky. Adrian puts all of this to an end, telling him she's done. As Rocky and Mickey watch Creed's old fights to prepare, Rocky realizes he can't win. He confesses his fears to Adrian, and she tells him that she can't bear to see him get his ass kicked. Nevertheless, Rocky summons his courage and heads to the fight. It's time! The two go back and forth until round 10, where both fighters are badly hurt. The fight goes the distance, and ultimately, Apollo Creed is declared the winner. Rocky calls out for Adrian, who runs to his arm. <sighs> now, I will fully admit, I wanted this show to be good. I wanted this show to be enjoyable, purely from a nostalgia standpoint. But it did also make me realize Rocky is... Rocky is considered a good movie. I enjoy it. I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily put it like in the pantheon of, of excellent cinema like some people do, but it also made me realize Rocky is good because of the actors and not necessarily because of the story. Sylvester Stallone as Rocky is, is fantastic. Burgess Meredith is wonderful. Um, they're just, they bring those characters to life. They make me want to care about those characters. When you, I think this musical ends up being one of those, when you remove those actors from these characters, you realize just how kind of one-dimensional they are. Well, y yes, but also it's just the wrong format for this story. Uh, I, I think musical theater is a, a terribly versatile way of storytelling. However, the story of Rocky, this sort of downtrodden wannabe boxer in Philadelphia, really just doesn't scream musical theater it honestly doesn't e even whisper musical theater. It really just should be a musical. And it's, it's funny. I remember the year Rocky was up for Tony nominations. Now, like I mentioned, they weren't nominated for best musical, but they still did a performance at the Tonys. And I, I, the, chose, the, the part that they chose to do was, I, I think, an excerpted version of the final fight. Um, and I remember watching it and thinking, it's very curious at the Tony Awards to choose as the portion of your musical to present uh, a part of the show where there's no singing. Like no one in the cast sang during that performance. There was a training montage with Eye of the Tiger, still Eye of the Tiger in there, 
and then the final fight, but but no one from the cast actually sang in their Tony performance. And I just think as a musical person talking about a musical, that's a little telling. Well, yeah, it's very indicative. I mean, if you're performing at the Tonys, you you want to show off the music of your musical. Like that's kind of the point of performing at the Tonys. Like that's just what you want to do. Um, and it, it shows kind of what the producers felt was the strengths of their show. And when you think one of the strengths of your show is nobody singing, that that's the writing on the wall right there. You know what you could do? You could do a play. Plays are awesome. And I bet Rocky could make a compelling play. Yeah, yeah. I bet it would make a great movie too. Oh, wait. Oh, man. That's a good idea. Yeah, I wonder. Huh. So, to be fair, well, not to be fair. I don't know that this is fair or not. The version that we're talking about is actually the second version of the show. So, the show actually premiered in Germany in 2012 in German. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you can find a very, very legal recording of this entire German performance on the internet. And uh, it's really, really funny. Now, uh, as my German teacher would say, English, Deutsch, Germanische Sprache, English and German, they're very, very similar. They're both Germanic languages. So functionally, there's a lot of overlap in the, the musical structure and the way it all works. So I get how these American authors were able to write a musical in German that it, that works. I won't say anything more positive than that, but it is truly funny to be watching the show. They're speaking in German, they're singing in German, and then they say a really American name like Apollo Creed. So you just get German, 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 Apollo Creed, German, German, German. It's just really jarring. Yeah, I mean, and it it makes me wonder, and this is something I probably should have looked up before, we recorded is was this written in English and then translated to German and or I'm going off of memory but I think they wrote it in German well the German production was the first production I guess I don't know if Flaherty and Aaron's are fluent in German and wrote the show in German or if they wrote the show and then had someone translate it but I know the German production came first before any others so yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and that, I think, takes us to a larger point that I think we wanted to spend a couple minutes on. Aaron's and Flaherty as a team. Now, I actually really like Aaron's and Flaherty. Um, and during season two, when I was doing some of my solo episodes and I did my dynamic duos, Aaron's and Flaherty were actually one of the teams I covered. You feel a bit differently. Yeah, so let me preface this by saying I, I don't know enough of their music to be making the massive proclamation I'm about to, to make. For example, I, I don't know Once on This Island, which is much to my chagrin. There's a show that is on my list of things to, to get to and learn and study. I don't know Susical. That is not a show that's on my list of things to get to and study. No, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but what I do know of Flaherty and Aaron's makes me think they're not up there amongst the great 
writing duos of the musical theater pantheon. That's not to say that they're bad. I could never do what they do, and they have written some really, really wonderful music. Wheels of a Dream is a phenomenal song. Ragtime as a whole is fine. I'm working on Ragtime right now, and it's fine. Anastasia? Arguably the worst musical ever made in the history of time. And I will die on that hill. Come fight me. It is terrible. Um, and then we come to this. Rocky. Das Musical. <laughs> now, I, I don't know how much creative power Flaherty and Aaron's had in creating this musical adaptation of Rocky. I mean, so much of the music is the film soundtrack like uh, uh gonna fly now is still in this musical uh like i mentioned eye of the tiger is still in this musical they wrote a friggin orchestra variation on gonna fly now that you can find on the soundtrack of this musical that is truly terrible and they are responsible for that well i guess uh uh, uh oh gosh i guess flarity is responsible for that there weren't lyrics so i can't <laughs> um, but i mean the songs that do exist and that are original they're so all over the place like it's hard to figure out what the tone of this show is for example uh rocky has a song called my nose ain't broken which much like the title sounds like a terrible country song and i don't say that with the assumption that all country music is bad i i actually like a lot of country music but this is like, think of all the country cliches, but now put it in a musical theater package and somehow it's a million times worse. But then there's that song that we mentioned in the breakdown, uh, I think it's just called Rain, where uh, Adrian is watching Rocky walk away in the rain and she's just singing this sad sort of, I don't even know how to describe it. It seems like it should be shot in sort of like a, 80s sepia tone MTV type of sad song video vibe. It's just so, it's not good, John. And that's why we're talking about it here in the month of February because this was a flop. No, and absolutely. I will come ever so slightly to the defense of Aaron's and Flaherty. Um, Once on this Island is definitely a show that you need to become familiar with because I think it's got a very good story, but it's also got some very incredibly well-crafted music. Um, I would also quibble with you on Ragtime. I think Ragtime is, honest to God, very good, and I think there, there are some really good songs in that show. Ragtime, purely from a non-story technical standpoint, its only major fault, and not major isn't even the right word, it's only issue I have is that there's a lot of music in ragtime. Ragtime is almost kind of like one of those mythical straddle the lines between musical and operetta. Yes, there are dialogue scenes and spoken lines, but there is so much music in that show. But also so much of the music, my big quibble with it is not that there's a lot, it's that it's all kind of the same. I mean, with a few exceptions for great songs like Wheels of a Dream, it's sort of like, hey, we wrote our little ragtime uh, quasi-marchy tune, and then we're going to like recycle and reuse it for three hours. Okay, you're, you know what? You're, to be honest and brutally fair, you're not wrong about that. 
Um, there are also lesser, I mean, and, and now I'm getting into music theater nerdery. Um, shows like My Favorite Year, Dessa Rose, A Man of No Importance are also shows that did not enjoy Broadway success, but have definitely found a second life in regional and community theaters. And I think they all tell really good stories. I'm not going to disagree with you in, the, in that Rocky is bad. Like Rocky is a miss. Um, I guess ultimately I would argue that it's more of a miss for the pair and that the pair are a little bit better than what, like if you're going to listen to one Aaron's and Flaherty show and form an opinion on this team based off of just Rocky, you're going to think, wow, they're pretty lousy. In reality, I think they're better than this. I think this was a miss for them. I think it was, you know, a, a, like we were talking about last week with Annie too. I think this was more of commercial venture. I think this was how do we ride the wave that Broadway was going through in the early teens of let's find a commercial property and adapt it for the stage. Looking at you, Disney. And how can we make money off this? And Rocky was probably a step too far. Like you said, maybe this would have made a good play. It did not need to be a musical. And as a consequence, even when you have a quality team, in my opinion, such as Aaron's and Flaherty, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, you know, I want to say again, I'm not saying Flaherty and Aaron's are bad. Rocky is bad. Anastasia is bad. I will stick to that till I die. They have written some good stuff. I don't think they're up there with like the Rodgers and Hearts or the Rodgers and Hammersteins or the Learners and Lows of our, our musical theater duos and others will disagree with me and that's fine. I guess maybe the better question is how do two people who are solid composers, writers and artists of the musical theater genre agree to do this? Like, was it just the paycheck was so awesome that they couldn't say no? Because I I have to believe that the people who wrote Ragtime and the people who wrote Once on this Island had to have looked at Rocky as a subject and gone, this doesn't make sense for a musical. You know, again, this is a hypothesis on my part. I'm guessing here, don't take this as gospel. I wonder if it was the challenge, you know, like you and I are, are, are arguing here on its surface. There is nothing about this material that lends itself to be a musical. Well, if it had been successful, we would be maybe talking about this show and going, wow, this had no business being a musical, but somehow they did it. Maybe it was, maybe that's what it was for them. Maybe it was the challenge of taking material that shouldn't have and, being successful with it. Unfortunately, they missed the mark. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, they missed the mark. Oh, yeah. Well, Um, the end, good on them for trying. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to give you props for writing this show. Okay. You wrote other things that were good, and I will congratulate you for that. But this one, swing and a miss, my friends. Fair enough. I know you're also listening. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about with Rocky Das Musical? 
Uh, no, no, there isn't. But, uh, you know, if this conversation has piqued your interest, like I said, that German version is out there in the world for you to see, and it is fascinating. There is also a uh, cast album recording, which is equally fascinating, though perhaps for less entertaining reasons. Uh, you have to work pretty hard and type a pretty specific name to find it on the internet, but it is out there if you really are determined to listen. Well, that should just about do it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can drop us a line at musicalminutespodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Musical Minutes with John and John or on Twitter at Musical Mins Pod. That's Musical M-I-N-S Pod. Intro and outro music, Bebop 25, is provided under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License by Jason Shaw on Audionautics.com. Thank you for joining us. I'm John. And I'm John. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.